Oh, fuck yeah. Hello, and welcome to Chosen by Committee, the podcast where myself, Josh Heron, Christopher Munden, and John Rosenberg will read every Pulitzer Prize winning play and musical since 1918, so you don't have to, or so you will read along or listen along with us. Today, we are talking about the 1960 musical biography, Fiorello, with an exclamation point. Fiorello, about famed Republican reform governor who took down Tammany Hall himself, Fiorello LaGuardia. But before we get into that, um, we have um, the the maverick from the West Coast himself, uh, John Rosenberg. Was that the theme from the Summer Place? Is that the song? Yeah. God damn, I love that song. Yeah, it's good. And uh, and uh, the biggest fan of the American musical, Christopher Munden. That's me. That's me. I got to say real quick, I used to drink at a bar in San Francisco called the Summer Place. It was so great. That's a good name for a bar um, in San Francisco. I'll take the I'll take the summary. I think so. Um, yes. you know, classic musical um, about a, a sort of like a annoying Italian American lawyer who sort of like weasels his way. I don't know. He like sort of like is a nudge. Um, to the top, and you see him sort of fighting for the little guy and sort of being pretty um, always in his mind on the right side and doing like the honorable thing. He he defends um, strikers from sort of a corrupt family. Um, he uh, he represents his district in New York and sort of gets the country involved in World War One and then goes to fight. <laughs> Um, runs a losing campaign for mayor because he sort of is too, um, it seems like he's sort of too principled, uh, marries someone, his wife dies, marries his assistant, um, in the end, um, you actually don't see him be mayor, but he, um, at the very end, he gets the nomination, I think, sort of because this figure the time loom so large and we know him now as the you know the airport and um the high school from the musical fame which maybe it's just me that knows that um like we sort of know how it's gonna end um the musical it was written it's important by um by bach and harnett who uh maybe like six or seven years later would write fiddler on the roof um mm. Which is uh, sort of he wrote the music. Uh, yeah, um, they wrote the music, and, he... and then um, I don't George why uh, and the screenwriters. Uh, I mean, actually, whoa, uh, George Abbott has written a ton of stuff. Um, he wrote the script, the book. Yeah, George Abbott and Jerome Weidman. Um, wrote the book um so i'm just wondering did all three of them work on uh fiddler on the roof together uh harnick and, and bach did got it um but is I that music and lyrics? Yeah, the music and lyrics team did 
Um, they're a really interesting um, group. I don't get why you can why you can't write the lyrics if you can write the book, especially such like it's a different skill set. Lyrics like this, writing, like writing a play. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of skill in these lyrics. Maybe um, Fiddler in the Roof is better. Um. I mean, they're the Harnick and uh, Bach and Harnick are, are really interesting. They um, they wrote uh, this is like an aside, but there's a really interesting movie called Bathtubs Over Broadway about this phenomenon called the industrial musical, which was in the 60s, 50s and 60s, um, like in the economic boom years, companies would hire like actors and musicians to like write original musicals about their products for like sales conferences. Whoa. Yeah. So like Bach and Harnick would write like General Electric, the musical, or like, you know, there's one all about toilets for American Standard. And um, that seems very fitting. Yeah, very fun. Uh Um, So. But sorry, not since you bring up this digression, I do think it's interesting because I I feel like in the 50s and 60s, it almost seems like the like musicals were in like the national consciousness way more. Oh, and I mean, like, yeah, it was the pop, like, like there was no separation between pop music and musical. Like they were, uh, they were symbiotic, right? Like, you uh-huh. know, it, like this may be around the death of that, right? With rock and roll. Yeah. I, I would say this is like sort of near the end uh, but, you know, I mean, this was the same year. Like, so this shared a Tony Award with Sound of Music. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so we're not, like, we're not, we're still very much in the golden age of Broadway. Um, right. so fascinating about this show, and granted, like, Chris, you're not going to care. But um, as I was doing research on this, like, this is a show I have heard about, like, but only because I am like deep, deep, deep theater nerd. Um, have never seen, have never really heard it produced. Like when it, was it last produced? You know, it's gotten so it's gotten two encore revivals. So encores is a, a is a group at center at city center that does um, like obscure musicals, and this was actually the first musical they did in 1990, like three. Um, and then they revived Giuliani. Uh, and then they revived it <laughs> the 20th anniversary of the program. Um, but it had like it had like a two and a half year run. Like it was a big hit. It won the Tony. It won the Pulitzer. It closed. It won the Tony too. Yeah, I mean, it shared the Tony with Sound of Music. All oh, right, the it Tony. Did. Sound of Music was a play too, I guess. A musical. Um, yeah, I'll, I'd make that distinction too. <laughs> um, but then it like it ran for like a million years. It transferred theaters. It closed for like six months, and then it revived again for like two weeks. Um, but people like loved the show, and it's totally just like evaporated out of like theater consciousness. That's. Um, I mean, it's people would have remembered. He was mayor for 12 years, apparently, um, during like Great Depression and World War II. So if you're in New York, it would be FDR and 
LaGuardia, right? So I think that like we'll probably have different takes on it. I quite liked it. I thought the music was sort of charming, and I thought there was some um, bits on it. But like, I wouldn't say the show relies on like the like charm of like. I think like LaGuardia as a character is sort of like I don't know. Like he feels stock enough that you could like revive it and not know anything about this person and like be interesting in that sort of character. I suppose, but why? Well, tell, say why you liked it. What, what, what did you like about this one? <laughs> um, so it's very nostalgic for me in that it has this like feeling of like, the songs are totally hummable. Um, they're like, it's like sort of a simple play. It like tells its story really well. The songs like do what they need to do. Um, you know, none of the songs are like bangers, like there, but there's songs that are like earworms in my head. There's a song, um, I might play a section of it just cause I think it like, um, so this is a oh. song by, uh, Fiorello's, um, assistant who's in love with him. And she like her and a colleague have a drink and she talks about the law she would pass if she like made men. Um, not break dates. And it has this really like effective melody. Your law at heart to wit. When a lady feels affectionate, then the man must My law at heart to wit to Like that, like a little earworm, I'm just like obsessed with. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good judge. If, if you like that, you might like. Um, so it has this like nostalgic little ear, earworm piece where I think all the songs sort of like do their job um, and they have like it just has good musical theater characters you have like um, you have like some nice like like sidekicks you got like a good like sort of main guy you got like an ingenue um, you have a ridiculous marriage at the end which I hope my hope is that um, Chris, you and I can uh, uh, read that uh, at some point before we end recording tonight. Um, <laughs> and sing too. And to sing it. Um, but yeah, I think it just like it like works as a piece of theater. I could see like I could see it working with like a community theater. It's not like that challenging of a piece. The songs aren't like like I could see it being sort of like just a part of like American musical theater stuff um i don't know if i can see it being like amazing but it like scratches an itch for me um and like and like there have been some like clunky political plays that have won pulitzers and i think if we're looking at the scope of like political plays that we have seen both around the worst stayed, mm -mm. what were the other ones abe lincoln in I, illinois that was pretty terrible but i had uh, State of the uh, of both your houses bad. Even like, no, it's better than this. Like, what was the other music? I think I preferred the other musical politics to this. Um. So, what didn't you like about this, Chris? I mean, honestly, if you read this script and you didn't know that there was any music in it, that's not. Well, you can't do that. How am I supposed? It's a Pulitzer Prize for drama, right? Yeah, How am I supposed to judge this? Okay, 
Oh, this is okay. So here is my thought: if I read the script and judging by that, it's just not very good. That's not. And then, and then for me, I listen to the songs that go along with it, and I'm like, these aren't very good. What am I supposed to think of this? I like. I just like. It's like. (laughs) I'm like. All right. So why isn't it's like it's like. If you wanted to give a prize for literature and you wanted to include graphic novels, you would force the people to re- like review them to only look at the text. Like, no, you wouldn't do that because literatures change and because we like should be inclusive and consider like new forms of telling stories that might not be like exactly the way it is. So in a musical, you have to consider the songs. I might, I might for literature encourage people to look at the text. I don't know, and maybe it's not quite the same form when it's a graphic novel. I mean, if I was open to it, um, and, and there's a book that you read and you can press a key every so often and it plays you a song, I, I don't know. what If like that book just wasn't very good and then you pl- press a button and the songs weren't very good either, <laughs> I don't think I would think it was good music. This is like good literature. Like, but the thing is, is you, like, this is a like, this is maybe the truest American art form, certainly in the performing arts. Lose. Like, and you are like discounting it. You're like, you're saying that like the things that make it great, we can't take on their own merits. They're they're. Only- He's not American though. Let's not forget that. I mean, sure, the blues is a better American art form by a mile. Um, jazz is a better American art form. Hip hop is a better American art form. Hell, the motion picture is a better American art form. Rock and roll is a better American art form. Pop art is a better American art form. Improv. <laughs> Isn't that? I think it's a Canadian art form. <laughs> Let's give that to Canada. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, okay. Okay. So, and I'm. What did I like about it? How's that? How does it How, compare that's to the other questions that we've we've talked about? I think it's my least favorite. Um, okay. I don't think the music is as good as what Oklahoma and and um, what was the other one? South Pacific. Yeah. South Pacific. Let us talk about Oklahoma because it didn't win a Pulitzer, and yet, All right. not forty-five minutes before this podcast, you, do we have to do this? <laughs> well, <laughs> for one thing, fucking Pulitzer. All right, I'm gonna jump in the, here. The jury didn't here. pick this. The jury picked a Lillian Hellman play, uh, um, uh, Toys in the Attic. And it was someone above them in the Pulitzer thing who were like, no, let's do that play about the mayor, musical mm. about the mayor. With taste. Sorry, John, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, who is Lillian Hellman? Uh, I'm going to, I guess it's sexist to say she was married to uh, Dashiell Hammond. But she's oh, also, okay. she's a good playwright. She, um, she's not part she, of the... She's not part of the mayonnaise uh, Hellman's. She could possibly. Oh she was also. She was banned. She was like um, Little Foxes, a Children's Hour. Yeah, Children's Hour. That's like a classic uh, lesbian play. That's a good play. Um, Toys in the Attic. I've seen the movie of. That's like 
kind of incest, like uh, two sisters and a brother, and one of the it ends. The sister like ruins everything, and she's still um, she like loses all her brother's money, wrecks his marriage, but then he fixes it, and the other sister's mad at her and leaves, and she's alone, and she still thinks that they're gonna come back and will be okay. That's the play that <coughs> lost to this. She also did Autumn, uh, I forget, another good play. She, um, uh, she, she was screwed by the House on American Committee as well. Mm. She's been mentioned, like the politics have like talked about her plays a bunch of years, but she never won one. Yeah. Although she should have won this year. Mm. I mean, I, uh, I get why this won. Um, and like, I think I lean more because towards... it's New York and the man. Yeah, but it's also it's uh, it's funny. It's almost like an American opera in a way. It's like to me, it's like a weird mix of like like American opera and like uh, it's still an American musical, but it's like uh, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it, and I thought structurally it was done well. Like, because I think there's versions of this where, um, you know, you actually see him as the mayor. I thought like the 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 plot points of the play were good. I think it was well crafted, wasn't it? It was well crafted. It was old favorite. This shit was clean. Yeah, it it was clean. clean. Would you say that, John? No, I actually I wouldn't say it was clean. I would say it was filthy. um, no, it was like uh it jumped. It jumped too much for me for it to be clean. Do you know what I mean? Like to go from like the the opening the time period, the well it was yeah. only the first act no. is set. Just right. But to go but to go one. from to go from him like uh defending the strike breakers to like basically, you know, the next plot point is him now in Congress to then like that's where it lost a little of the cleanness for me. Like uh, I like that he set the date with Marie, his assistant, and then broke it as soon as <laughs> as soon as the fine lady showed up. Um, yeah, that was good. Th- yeah, it, it's a clean, it's cleanish show, but like clean-ish show. I think well crafted. Um, I mean, I can see like this is it just said like height of American musical at the time it's like sitcom or it's like i don't know hbo drama netflix show like it's it's that equivalent now you know it's the it's the supreme art form almost it's like maybe not movies still but it's um people there like know their stuff do know what works do it and in that way I can appreciate that I don't like a lot of those TV shows nowadays and, and I don't much care for this, but I could appreciate the craft behind them. Definitely. And I think a lot of the times with, with a number of these plays that we read, I always kind of come away learning something from each play. It won't be a conscious thing, but at, on some level, I, I learn something from each play we read, unless it's fucking terrible. This one, I learned something. I don't know what I learned, but... I definitely learned something. Um, right. It's interesting. 
Well, yeah, no, no, no. But like, there's something, there's something about the construction of it that's done well. I mean, I think this play is really effective at taking, and again, it's like culturally specific. Like, I don't think this play works in London at all. But I think, like, this play gives maybe not even Philadelphia. May I continue? Yes. Um, this play <laughs> pipes and like and sort of like lets you run with it. Um, like I think this play gives you like sort of like almost community del arte sort of like stock characters and like you're able to sort of fill in the blanks. I think I think good musicals can do that really well. What you're saying is these are stock characters and there's a lot of plot cliches and a lot of the lines and the lyrics are cliched. Like, I, th- I will say, I will offer, I, I felt like with the songs, I felt like the lyrics weren't, the lyrics weren't bad. Oh my goodness. Good. Oh, They're just terrible. Like, this is definitely, this is definitely like, this is definitely their like early, like they're gonna write some. Actually, they also write "She Loves Me," which is a wonderful musical. Like, this is their like early. They're figuring some stuff out. Sorry, certainly, but but you could take like that first scene, um, with the uh, with their singing about how great it is of a man to work for. It sets it sets the theme and just like it sets it well for the play. Right. Um, I thought that the song where he goes to meet Ben Shapiro or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all those dudes are singing the song about the link between like playing the polka one. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a good song. Like yeah, that um, was how much better would a scene be where you have them playing polka and they're discussing politics and you don't mention it? Like have the whole song like hit me well, over the head with a sledgehammer on that it's metaphor. A fucking musical. Like <laughs> right, I think you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I, did, I think what you're saying all the songs, didn't have any dancing no jokes like it was just like what if it was just played like real straight like yeah. <laughs> my favorite lyrics my my favorite song was the one when did i fall in love that hey, wait, was... I, play that. I i bet you're being are you being sarcastic or not no i'm being serious cool i'm gonna um let me let me cue that up real quick so this is when did I fall in love? And I think this like hits a really like there's like a pastiche thing with it. Um, she talks about uh, the lights flashing and the chords and the music sort of swells. And in 2020, it reads as real campy, which I think is why I really like it. Like I do, like I think I'm reading this as a little bit more of a like wink and a nod. But I'm curious if that was how it is then. And, and Chris, you said you like this song too. What about yeah. what about you about this song? Um. I don't know that there was something. It felt like something sincere in the lyrics. Uh, something there that was maybe beyond just the scope of the play. And um, and on the Broadway production soundtrack, I thought she had a. Really yeah, let's let's work on this, Chris. Original. Hear from me. Original. Original. Broadway. Yeah. Original Broadway. Cast. <laughs> recording cast recording <laughs> recording original broadway cast recording we have a goddamn theater podcast we have a theater blog you've been running for about 15 years get it <laughs> it's unacceptable. 
<laughs> All right, let's listen to this song from the original Broadway cast recording. Akira. In 1960 America, all of the closeted queens just like fainted with their push their beards aside, threw roses at the stage. Um, she was great. There's also a really great line. I don't know if I want to pick and find it, but maybe I'll find it on the um, script. There's a really fun um, like Gilbert and Sullivan alliteration in that like strike song. Um, I'm not but it's like the, the uh, pickpockets. I oh, know yeah. that was in the, the pick the pickpockets of the. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. I, <laughs> I did appreciate it as kind of a historical document, both as in um, the history that it discusses, but also kind of what they choose to discuss in 1960. Um, in the same way that we saw um, what they look for in the politicians of the 20s and in the 40s for Abe Lincoln, you could see that here too. Right. Um, I thought being a supporter of labor somehow was important then. Um, Right, it's interesting that they... His interventionism is, is positive then, right? Totally. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think it's interesting that they're able to sort of thread that line of being pro-labor without being uh, too too red. Because they're ladies. They're pretty ladies. That's that's how they get away with it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, strikers should wash their faces. He peps them up. That's the lesson. Yeah. Um, no, but I but I think but I think like structurally it changes the play changes if it's like men that are on strike. Mm-hmm. Um as a musical, I think it just changes how we experience it instead of it like being a group of women and like one of them ends up marrying the cop and that becomes like an important thread that kind of runs through the play. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing I did see uh that the woman that uh, LaGuardia marries, they actually changed when she dies. Um, she actually died way before in real life. You know, mm. in this, she dies the night, uh, you know, the night of the election or whatever. But she had actually yeah. died like six years previous or whatever, which I and, thought um, was interesting. He didn't lose a mayoral election as far as I could tell. No? No. I mean, his... The, the uh, Republicans did to that Jimmy Jeff Walker, or that's not his name, right? But him, but uh, Jimmy Walker, but Jimmy Walker, but he um, he didn't. Um, interesting. Yeah, I love a little fake history. Spice. It was interesting to me. He, uh, I hadn't realized. So the 
the political machine in Philadelphia was the um, Republican Party. Mm. And in uh, Tammany Hall in New York was the Democratic Party. I, I guess I hadn't realized that. Well, I mean, it's funny because I, I feel like it name checks a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really, I mean, it like, I think, you know, like with that term that people use, like virtue signaling, like there's a virtue signaling with like being on the side of the little person or whatever. And it kind of talks about corruption, but it's not really interested at all in it. And, you know, I, I, I think there's something interesting about the the graphic of the play which is kind of like the he's almost like a cartoon character walking towards the city yeah yeah to me it's saying that those things that corruption the sweatshops um maybe even the the racism against the italians and jews type stuff that is in the past in 1960 so look at how things used to be new york used to be have Tammany Hall. New York used to have sweatshops. And um, um, look at what America was, and mm. and now it's not. That's what I was seeing there. And also the the um, America. Some people used to be isolationist, if you can imagine that. Right. Um, now in 1960. Uh, that reminded me of how much I love. I did enjoy. Um, there's a song. My name is Laguardia when he like speaks in Italian and then he speaks to the Jews and they get like in a German, what was that? Um, there's like a little bit of like a Yiddish klezmer moment, which I appreciated. Um, I, I mean, I think there's that line though that is sort of like sweet. That's like, um, if like anyone loved anything as much as you loved the city of New York or like, it is like this, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, but it's funny because thinking, it's yeah. it's really nothing about the city of New York. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah, it, it's like it positions itself. It's not really about him. It's not really uh, about the city. Like, it's yeah, it ends it, up into a love story that only <laughs> that only can take place because his wife dies suddenly. <laughs> I think it's like it's about sto- it's about using stock. It like. How much more interesting would it have been if he was totally banging Marie while his while married and uh, while his wife was sick? Who said that it wasn't? Uh, well, this production in my dream production, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am so now. I so I did the line. The line that I love is um, the punks who pick the pockets, and I want you to pick the pockets because. It reminds me a lot of Ascending in the Park with George line, you know, uh, maybe next in the summer or next fall. Um, there's the puddle where the poodle did the piddle. Anyway. Can't be too far away, isn't it? A 60s play? Yeah, it's no, it's 80s, mid 80s. 80s. So. Oh, so um, the, the punks who picked the pockets. Um, but um, Sondheim? Stephen Sondheim, my boy, my man, my favorite man. Um, okay. Uh, Sorry, John, but me and Chris are going to read a scene. Maybe, uh, please, John, can you read stage directions? Um, Is this the very last scene? Yeah, I'm going to start at the top. Um, so we may have a different copy. Um, I can share my screen. We can do it here. So uh, no, I think it's the same. 
Yeah, so um, Chris, yeah, yeah, quiet. You're gonna read Fiorello. I'm gonna read Marie. And uh, oh, you get the line. Yes, I think I can. I've been practicing for fifteen. Sorry, minutes. real quick, Chris. Yeah. Keep in mind the character you're playing is not from oh, United yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, you. <laughs> Um, we're we're looking for a, like Italian New York, please. Okay. And remember that you're the U.S. Ben Marino to come here. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, so John, you're gonna read the stage directions. Yeah. Right? You're gonna start us off. Lights come up in the inner offices, where Marie stands penitentially waiting to hear what Fiorello has to say. Did you ask Ben Marino to come here? Yes, I thought. Thought what? That I couldn't do my own thinking? thought if you were going to run for mayor, you need friends, true friends like Ben. It's nice to know you're taking over running my life. You're getting very independent lately. I'm sorry. Pause. She starts back for the outer office. He calls her. Wait a minute. Come here. You're fired. Fired? As of now. Just because I... I... No. The reason is different. I can't court a girl who's working for me. Mr. LaGuardia! <laughs> Will you marry me? Sorry, can we try it again? Can we go back? Chris, can you change? Yeah. It has to dawn on you. Sorry, uh, Josh, can you go over to the other page because I can't see it? Yeah. Uh, where it's like... Uh, when he's like, you're getting very independent lately. I think it's there. Um, like he's caught up in the bullshit, the pettiness. And then all of a sudden he has to let it go. Does he, so is he being, <laughs> he's being a boss. He's being a boss. And then all of a sudden he stops and he becomes a person. Are you sure he's not playing with her the whole time? He's being a boss? I don't care. I'm saying for this reading right okay. here. Yeah. Wow. It's hot watching. It's hot. Take the direction, motherfucker. Ooh. All right. So I'm going to do. And the other one, act better. <laughs> That's good advice. Um, we roll up to the top and I could give you, I could uh, give the stage direction. Okay. Sure. Lights come up in the inner office, where Marie stands penitently waiting to hear what Fiorello has to say. Did you ask Ben Marino to come here? Yeah, I thought you'd like that. So what? That I couldn't do my own thinking? I thought if you were going to run for mayor, you'd need friends. True friends, like Ben. It's nice to know you're taking over running my life. You're getting very independent lately. I'm sorry? Pause. She starts back for the outer office. He calls her. Wait a minute. Come here. You're fired. Fired? As of now. Just because I... No. The reason is different. I can't court a girl who's working for me. Mr. Fiorello. Mr. LaGuardia. Will you marry me? He moves away from him and sits down on his lap. <laughs> you start to hum too, John. Mm. I know 
I know it's kind of sudden. But honestly, Marie, I think you can learn how to love me. Yes, I think I can. I've been practicing for 15 years. How can you? It's a deal. (laughs) It's a deal. I've got plans, Marie. Are you going to read through all that? No, 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 but his response is good. It's a deal. Because <laughs> that's, wow. that's the only way he could think. It says, he says, I'm not good at expressing my feelings, but I'm good at making plans. We have uh, so many things to share, so much in common. It's going to be all right, Marie. Dear Marie. It'd be great if I could get you to like take some ecstasy and have you actually perform it with feeling Chris. It'd be so, <laughs> it'd be so great. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I'll put on a mask of like one of your like weird mean ex girlfriends. Faked it. I do say I feel like we should get back to reading a little excerpt each week. It's fun. Yeah, that was fun. If we did it too, it would be. I mean. I don't know. We're going to get more real people to do it. No, yeah. fuck them. We ain't, we ain't paying them. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I mean, who would you be? I actually think I want to be like, I think, so I mind my, my, who I want to be and who I, my dream production is for one of the same is I want to be Neil or Morris. And I want to play them as Morris like. Morris is a good character. But I want to play <laughs> Like in love with LaGuardia too. Neil probably is. Yeah, Neil totally. Like the first thing is like he's so great. Morris, I'm not sure about that. I liked uh, Ben, the um. I like that the political mastermind kind of his advisor. I I'd play. I'd want to cast him basically as a as James Carville. <laughs> But you think he's going to be a total slime ball, and then he's not, which I sort of yeah. Like. Same with James Carville. Um, what about you, John? This is one of those plays when I read it, I felt myself watching it from the audience. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoyed the spectacle of this play. I didn't see myself in it at all. Mm. I see you as uh, Dora. Dora. Oh, yeah. The one who marries the cop. The, that's the B-plot with Dora and her cop husband. Bad news. I thought they were going to do more with that because you, you had this cop who then goes to work in the sewers and then works in garbage. And I thought that maybe in real life it did some kind of showdown between a mayor, LaGuardia, and like the head of the garbage union or something like that that well that's up too of like we got to get dirt on him we'll make it like we'll find dirt maybe uh maybe there was originally gonna be a fiorello too well it's also one of these things is like what's sort of famous i don't know if this happened but i'm sure it did is like this was the era of out of town tryouts right so you'd put this play up in new haven or philadelphia for a month and change the hell out of it like It'd have to be close to New York. It was drastically rewritten. Um, oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Um, so, Chris, you're not familiar with uh, Fiddler on the Roof at all? No. I mean, I know it's it's like a 
a Jewish play? Tough. It's good, man. It's, it's really, good. What's what's also even crazy about that is you're talking, um, John, about how effective that opening song is. And sure, but I would like I was listening. I was like, well, it's not fucking tradition. Like, right? You want to play that like puts its theme on its like fuck it like like makes its thesis statement clear from the very beginning and like like that is a it's perfect like that is like a perfect opening number um what's non-traditional about it oh the no 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 this is ridiculous um are we sorry is fiddler on the roof are we gonna read that as part of the pulitzer oh, prize no it's a great show it's um, so the first number of fiddler on the roof and almost like the first thing you hear is the song called Tradition. Um, huh. And uh, it like runs through it. It like. Yeah, it's the whole. Like, it's the tradition, tradition, tradition. No. Tradition. <laughs> tradition. 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 But it's all about like, it sort of explains the like culture of the town. And they go through and sort of explain like who everyone is. And it sort of is like this like. Uh, it's not New York. No, it's Anatevka. It's uh, the shtetl. It's good, man. It's uh, really fucking good. I, it gets produced occasionally, maybe. Oh my god! I think it, it like had more broader revival. It had like, it's had like four revivals in my lifetime. Isn't there a version with zero? Didn't Zero Mostel play the dude? He originated it. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. That's that's just no. massive. Is that recorded? Yeah, of course. Um, he did it. The movie's quite good. Uh, but it's a different dude in the movie. I can't remember that guy's name. Topol. And yeah, Topol. That's right. And then I saw it with someone touring. Um, Alfred Molina played him. Harvey Firestein played him. I was about to say Harvey. <laughs> yeah, man. And then that I shit saw, must have been good too. I saw a production maybe two years ago that was in Yiddish, and it was phenomenal. Ah. Huh. In New York, um, and they had to change some of the lyrics because like like they changed some of the because of the translation and so the word they picked for tradition was just torah so it was like torah 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 might mean tradition no it's something like that no it's interesting about like what that might like in yiddish that that sort of ends up being the same thing right Mm. um just chris there's a song in it called if i were a rich man it's i know that song yeah, that's the one that everyone knows. It's fantastic. I mean, it's like, yeah. They should have won for that. Oh. Um, yeah, maybe so. Although, yeah, it's not, well, lots of non-American stuff. We don't know what was picked, what else was that yet. There was, um, I should have mentioned this last week, but when I was looking up the, how the hell this play won, I saw that JB beat a play that you have probably both read. Um, the Pulitzer and one that you, if you haven't read it, you may want to read it because we read the sequel prequel um, later on. What play? Raisin in the Sun was 1959 and it lost Maybe to beat Raisin in the fucking Sun? Yeah. Good lord. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Say goodnight, folks. Good night. Good night.